And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney and a partner at the law firm of Mauk and Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that are focusing on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. You can learn more about us by going to maukbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call us at 312-726-1243. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date on our show and uh, visit our website also to view our entire podcast library of previous Lawyers for Jesus interviews. Are you interested in pro-life issues but don't know how to get involved? Do you want to know how being pro-life is consistent with the scientific truth? Stay tuned. Today our guest is Kevin Grillo, Vice President of the March for Life Chicago and Executive Director of We Dignify, a mentorship program with a mission to grow college students into pro-life leaders. The March for Life Chicago is a yearly gathering of pro-life organizations, leaders, and advocates whose goal is to change perceptions in our society that think abortion is the answer. It is occurring this year on January 13th, uh, serving as a visual and a vocal reminder that life in every stage matters. Kevin, welcome to the show. Good morning, Rich. I'm thrilled to be here. It's going to be a great show, I think. Oh, Kevin, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I have been participating in the uh, march here in Chicago, the March for Life, uh, for about, I, I think this is your fifth year. Am I right on that? Yeah, fifth year at the level that we're at right now. Five years yes. ago, we organized with several different pro-life organizations to really build this up. And it's been and, a great and adventure I, since then. Oh, it has. And it, it started out the first year we were there. It's all, uh, not always, but usually it's cold and there's only, I don't know, a thousand people or something like that. But each year, more and more people are getting involved in this march. So uh, tell us a little bit about the march and how on earth you got involved in it. Like, I love the appreciation that Chicagoans and anyone in the Midwest, they kind of shove off the cold. We've talked to you know, organizations at rallies out in L.A. or San Francisco or even D.C., and it, it kind of pales compared to the people coming out in the, the temperatures here in Chicago. But that's just reflective of the commitment. The people are energized at the March for Life Chicago, and it came about because we wanted to have more of a presence right here in the Midwest. And we recognize Chicago and, and Illinois really as such a battleground and really a place where so many people right now are coming to have abortions and right where we need to have a response to it. So we picked up momentum, and as you said, 1,000 people, that was several years ago, it's grown to over 6,000 people coming out and filling the downtown Chicago. You know, Kevin, I've always been impressed by it. Um, I'm particularly grateful that uh, I have never been able to participate in the Washington, D.C. march, and yet pro-life is so important to me. The one year that I wanted to go to the uh, D.C. march, uh, it snowed so bad they canceled all the flights so we couldn't get there. (laughs) 
But this is really a way that people can uh, get out and really participate. Um, tell us a, a little bit about it. When is it? Where is it? Um, and what's what's really going to happen this year? Sure. Thousands of people are going to come gather on Sunday, January 13th at 2 p.m. at Federal Plaza, which is located at 50 West Adams, right downtown. And some people come in from the Metro, but other people, there are, there are eight buses planned to come in from Wisconsin. And several people, like you said, Rich, they can't make it all the way out to D.C., but because this is on a weekend, they can come from a couple hours away, from five hours away. They can make it as a day trip. And they come in and march and, and experience the energy of what it means to take a public and visual stance against what's going on, but also with energy for hope for change and where we can move our culture to. You know, Kevin, one of the things when I go to it that's so encouraging is most of the people participating these days are younger. And it is so important for our next generation uh, to be involved in this issue and, and really to continue moving the ball. Uh, this has been a fight for, what, 50 years now or so? Yeah, uh, especially since most people date back to Roe vs. Wade, which is what we're recognizing uh, in January when the court decision came down in 1973. So well over 40 years into this. And the, the momentum is, is phenomenal for the young people because we're recognizing it. It's such a gift that, that those who have been older have said so clearly and staunchly for the pro-life message that's taught us. And we're, we, we now have the benefit not only of having the belief and recognizing that life is sacred, but also recognizing as science has grown over the past several decades, we can clearly see when life begins. And the ultrasound shows so much of the life that happens in the womb that it's really changing hearts as well. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I am Rich Baker with the law firm of Malkin Baker. Today I'm speaking with Kevin Grillo about the upcoming March for Life in Chicago, which is on January 13th. Uh, Kevin, you raise a very, very interesting point. You said the theme this year for the pro-life march is science. Uh, I remember, I'm old enough to remember 1973 when Roe v. Wade came down. And in part, that decision was based theoretically on science. They said, we can't tell when life begins. And now we can, can't we? Oh, yes, sir. We could when... We could then as well, but there's quite a bit of judicial overreach with that statement. I mean, That's embryology true. and textbooks for years have placed, I mean, this is going back to 1800s. You can see and look in textbooks that talk about, you know, at conception, the moment of sperm egg fusion, boom, we have a new life that's unique, distinct, with its own set of DNA. You know, when you, when you say that, I'm just thinking that if we knew back uh, for at least the 20th century that life begins at conception. The fact that we now, in, in our science, it's become very, very clear and it, it's clearly acknowledged, that really hasn't changed the abortionist mind, has it? No, unfortunately not. Sometimes we That's thought, oh, if people just knew this, then they would change. But there's become a separation in recognizing, yes, is the human life, but whether they ascribe value to it or not is where the difference still sticks. So let me take you back for a little bit. Um, 
How did you get involved in the pro-life uh, movement, and, and why are you so passionate about it? Sure. Well, I'm going back to when I was really young, <laughs> my mom was uh, collecting baby food, and every year she does a baby food drive and delivers it to local places that would serve women and children in need. And that got me started. At first, I wanted a day off of school because that's when she would deliver the food, and I thought that was great. But as I grew <laughs> in understanding, I mean, right? I was in middle school. Day off yeah, of school, yeah, great. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Um, as I grew in understanding, in high school, I started to understand the, the reason of it. And I was scared at first, though, especially even going to college, because it's not, such a hostile environment to the pro-life message in many college environments. I didn't want to step up and speak up, but I realized it came a time where I couldn't turn back. This is the greatest issue facing college-age women, but really facing people today because of scale, the gravity of abortions that occur every day in the United States. I realized I couldn't hide behind that and had to step up. So the March for Life out in D.C. at first was really momentous, and that was you know, recognizing how many hundreds of thousands of people are changing and stepping up and speaking for this. I couldn't hide any longer. And that sparked a desire within me to care for the mother, mothers and children all around us. Uh, Kevin, you know, you say uh, this is really a vital issue for uh, college-age women uh, and women in general, but I think it's kind of vital for all of us. Um, if I were uh, involved in a uh, pregnancy as a male, and a child was killed, that would have uh, ramifications for the rest of my life as well. So I think this is a, a vital issue for everyone, not just, not just for the women who are so uh, deeply involved in, in pregnancy and, and either the abortion or bringing a child to life. Oh, you're absolutely right, Rich. It's definitely vital for men to step up. I mean, from a legal perspective, there really, that could happen. You could, your child could be, their life could be ended in the womb, and you have no way of stopping that. Right. But that's not the only reason I think men should step up. I think this is a human issue, human rights issue that all of us are impacted. Right now, my generation is missing thousands upon thousands of people. It's somewhere between one third and one fourth the generation is missing, and it's been wiped out by abortion. So it's hard to put an understanding around how much we're missing because of that. And all of our lives continue to be impacted by those of us who aren't here. You, you know, you say that, and, and in other generations, it was war that caused a quarter of the generation or uh, a quarter of the population to be uh, absent. So in a way, this really is a, a war on women, is it not? Yeah, and it's not limited to women. I think any time where... <laughs> Uh, about half of the children in the womb are male, tends to be a little bit more on a percentage base. Um, but you're absolutely right. that It strikes at the core of the, the family unit. Anytime that you're separating a mother and father from the, his or her child, you're really creating an internal war in the family. Coming up, we will talk further with Kevin Grillo, the Vice President of March for Life Chicago, about the ways we can confidently advocate for life.
Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, part of the law firm of Malkin Baker, and we're talking with Kevin Grillot, the vice president of March for Life Chicago, an event that is happening on January 13th, uh, coming up. And we are encouraging everyone who's listening to this show to be a part of that event. Uh, Kevin, coming back, uh, tell us a little bit more. Who's going to be speakers at this um, March for Life Chicago? Oh, we're going to have a great list of speakers coming up. Um, we have several different religious leaders speaking, as well as our keynote this year is Ryan Bomberger from the Radiance Foundation. He was actually conceived through rape and then adopted into a multiracial family. And he's going to be talking on the value and the importance of respecting every human life, even his. And that, I think that's going to be very insightful. We have Jeannie Mancini, who's the president of the March for Life, in D.C., uh, Dr. Reverend Harrison, who's the president of the Lutheran Church of the Missouri Synod, Cardinal Supich of the Archdiocese of Chicago. We even have a couple of testimonies coming your way, one from a client at Aid for Women, as well as a student testimony from Katie Douglas. From She's a We Dignify student leader. Uh, you mentioned We Dignify. Yeah, go ahead, Rich. Uh, uh, Kevin, you mentioned We Dignify, and, and um, tell us a little bit more about that. Just so, so uh, we know, I understand you're also uh, a part of We Dignify, so give us a little more on that. Sure. We Dignify is an organization dedicated to transforming students into skilled, virtuous pro-life leaders. So we transform them from uh, apathetic or indifferent on the pro-life issue into an active change, not only in opinion, but behavior. And we do that through mentorship. We're active on several campuses in the Chicago area, as well as Wisconsin and at University of Illinois. So it's well, well let's take it back. Yeah. Uh, what campuses are you on? Well, we mentor right now at DePaul, Loyola, Marquette, University of Illinois. We have students involved from the University of Chicago, University of Illinois, Chicago. We had students from Moody Bible, as well as um, a couple others. And, and they really draw on our network changes every year because these my favorite saying is, I mean, these students keep graduating on us. It's a terrible problem to have. I'm sure it's parents really are terrible. thrilled. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly right. Um, yeah, uh, it's well, really frustrating on our end. <laughs> you know what? You, let's talk a little bit about pro-life uh, transformation. I've noticed something. You know, when I go to these marches, and I've been to every single one of them here in Chicago, when I go to them... It's a it's a joyous occasion. It's not shouting and yelling and and um, being angry and everything like that. It, it's a kind of a different thing. Explain that to me. How do, how does that happen? Well, thanks for coming to every single one. Uh, that's a wonderful commitment. One of the things I did when we got involved with and playing the March for Life Chicago is integral to me and we dignify that we approach this with love. And that's why I've seen a tagline of love and life associated with March for Life Chicago, because we recognize, I mean, my generation is coming at this from it's always been legal for all of our life. And we have to dream of something new. And we have firsthand experience of our friends, of our peers missing, and we know the need on a very clear and present way. But we have to transform how we think about this and bring about the joy for life, because it's not the absence of what's, what we need. It's not only understanding the problem, but we must move forward in hope. And when you, when you come out, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the, 
there's a small scale of protesters that come out sometimes too. Oh yes. Across the street. <laughs> you seen them? Okay, great. Oh, um, oh yeah. They're always, they're always yelling at me and they, they look really mad and, and they're saying, you know, kind of, um, uh, nasty kind of stuff. Well, I think that's, that's a difference between our message. We, our message is one of life and one that's full of life, not only of suffering, but of joy. And that joy is not in despair just because we share in human suffering, but because we know that that sacrifice for others is so much more. And that brings about the love that we have that leads us to want all life, to stand for all life. And the disparity in that and looking at, you know, like an angry, upset versus we're celebrating where we are headed, knowing that the change is is happening right in front of us. But even if it wasn't, we're still going to celebrate life because we understand the value of every single person. So uh, uh, let's say on college campuses or, or a lot of the young people, are, are a lot of the people coming in, people who have actually experienced abortions or, or what's, what's your experience with that? Sure, there's definitely people who have experienced abortion. They've had friends that maybe they drove to an abortion clinic. And they're looking and have looked back and realized, wow, I should not have had a hand in that. There are other peers and students coming in that have learned, you know, the parents tell them, hey, we actually had an abortion when we were in college. Don't do what we did. And the gravity of that, missing a sibling to abortion, is tremendous. But there are also other students stepping up and realizing that they don't have to have this tragedy happen right to their peer or right to their friend next to them. They want more. Because this, the culture on college right now, the, on the campuses, is so despairing. It's so individual that really everyone feels isolated. And you can see that with a huge anxiety increase on college campuses. They don't feel connected. And they want something more, and they want the truth. They want the truth about life. And so they come to us recognizing they're going to have to leave behind what their peers think of them and their own identity so that they can be a part of something more and step up in the pro-life world. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the firm of Malkin Baker, and I'm speaking with Kevin Grillo about pro-life issues and the March for Life of Chicago, which is coming up on January 13th. Uh, Kevin, tell me a little bit more about what you offer as as the pro-life movement on campus in terms of hope, um, uh, walking away from isolation, and and, uh, maybe even a little bit of your experience on the campus with regard to this. Sure. One of the first things we did was start a campus mentor program, and that program led us to building relationships and close-knit relationships with students and walking with them through the challenges, whether they're being flicked off or their signs are being ripped up or things like that, and to provide hope as a mentor to them that just because of how people respond does not mean or change what you go forth. And that actually led to a relationship um, and connections with students. One of the students her name will say Jane, she came forward and came out and said, you know, Kevin, I had multiple abortions. And at first I was stunned by, you know, as a, as a young man trying to grapple with this, but then I realized how prevalent this is right around us. And of course, the numbers line up and reflect that. But I couldn't leave Jane sitting in that pain and frustration and also really tremendous hurt. It continued to ripple across her life. So it led Jane to human resources and helped her build up, you know, who she thought of herself and find 
healing and forgiveness. So part of our hope has to come from healing on that front. But it also comes well, from knowing, yeah. Uh, Kevin, I'm just I'm just hearing this. The the program we're listening to is Lawyers for Jesus Radio, and I think Jesus has a great deal to do with that healing. Uh, how does that uh, affect your ministry? Oh, we can't do this without Jesus. I, <laughs> of course not. Uh, the mercy and grace that can flow forth and into such a such a hurt and, and painful situation, we must be open to that in a wonderful way that can transform this. We're definitely zoomed in on that pro-life is pro-science, and we understand that on a reason-alone basis, we know that life begins. It's human life. But that's physical science, and we need to not just talk about physical science, but the metaphysics of our world to understand the whole person. To understand the whole person has to be connected to the spiritual element, and knowing that Jesus can bring about tremendous change and, and really the mercy that someone in that kind of situation needs. So what kind of healings have you seen? Oh, one of the students I worked with went from, from that kind of pain to, to receiving healing ministry and, and counseling and stepping up through that, through her own journey. And now she works full-time. I mean, this is years later. She works full-time for a pro-life organization that speaks to thousands of people. And now she's bringing about change so that people, you know, she doesn't want others to go through what she experienced. And she's a powerful witness to that. Uh, another student launched into a pro-life career working on changing state laws and amendments and has been successful in Tennessee doing so. So we, we see all kinds of change from really building up the person in a college scene and mentorship there, and they go off and transform the world. I, you know, as I hear that, and, and I just think that it is so vital for so many of our, our kids today to be able to hear that there's actually hope. And it's like we're living in a dystopia and, and all of a sudden life and connection and relationships are so far from, from the reality of so many of the students these days. This is a, this is a very real message of hope. Well, Kevin, it's really wonderful talking with you. I give our listeners the details on this March on January 13th. What, where, how, who can they get in touch with? How can they get a ride? The whole thing. Sure. You want to check out marchforlifechicago.org where you'll find details on what groups are coming in so you can get a ride from different neighboring states or you can hop on the metro there. This is at 2 p.m. at Federal Plaza, which is 50 West Adams on Sunday, January 13th. And if, if they want to hear and see and witness the joy you're talking about, Rich, then they need to step up and come on down because it's going to be an amazing gathering. Uh, sun or rain, cold <laughs> or warm, I'm going to be praying for, for warm weather, Rich. All right, we're praying and for I'm, warm weather. I'm encouraging everybody to come out with Kevin and me and be at that march. Uh, if you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Malkin Baker is a Christian law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you have missed a part of this show and want to listen online, go to maukbaker.com forward slash radio. You're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. 